Hi, this is Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure and he's Mark Potash. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast, where guys, on this episode, we are going to make our predictions for the Bears-Giants game. We're going to talk about what the heck the Bears can do about Justin Fields and his lack of passing outside of letting him pass more, and also what signs the defense has shown that they might be special. All of that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, Mark, it is week four. The Bears are two and one. The Giants are two and one. That is surprising on many, many fronts. We will get to our picks a little bit later in the show. But Jason, we'll start with the obvious here. Justin Fields for three weeks in a row has been last among starting quarterbacks in pass attempts. Uh, the Bears say that's how they want to win. Uh, long term, though, I don't think that that is how you win. Nobody can win like that regularly in the modern NFL. I don't think that that's going to be a successful formula for the Bears. Pat, the biggest question right now is you can see, I think it's pretty reasonable to assess that they are scheming around Justin Fields and not for Justin Fields. But the question is, are they not giving him the chance to show what he can be? Or have they already seen enough and they need to work around it because they do not have any confidence in him? Potsy, don't you think it would have to be the latter? If it is the latter, I think it's, uh, it's problematic uh, as far as the, his development and stuff like that, uh, especially considering that they they haven't really given him what he needs to do to be successful personnel-wise. Right. If you do it also scheme-wise, then that's uh, that's that's an even bigger problem. I, that's, that was the thing that, that I think I noticed most about today. Uh, we're talking on Thursday um, when we talked to Luke Getze is just that disparity between – their their perspective and ours and, and the idea that uh, you know we think there's a problem here and we've seen quarterbacks come and go we know we you know it's not like we don't know what we're talking about from an observational standpoint and yet he's still in this big picture uh, um, developmental uh, uh, phase with with uh, with the quarterback fields and it just I don't know the two just don't sync up we're we're, we're I hate to say it, we're back where we've been many times before with quarterbacks and I'm I'm not saying this isn't going to work out but I just you just keep seeing so many similarities that it's uh, if you've been around for a while it, it's a little bit uh, uh, disconcerting but if Luke gets he's two and one do you think that that's what he when he stays up when he lays in bed at night is being two and one overriding all the other concerns? I think that's what the situa- this season is all about, and that that's that. I think that's where we that, that's where there's a problem. Is that the Bears? How many times the Bears thought they were in great shape because they had a good record when they weren't developing the quarterback? Again, we've seen this happen so many times. If I just I, I guess I I guess I disagreed with the whole idea that. They're just trying to win games. They're just trying to do what they need to do to win. And I think that this season is all about just the opposite. It's about developing the quarterback and the quarterback getting better. So we'll see who's right. Uh, in my history, five times I've been right, and no times have the Bears been right. So I'm kind of leaning with me at this point. At this when point, when you time. say you disagree, you mean you disagree with their philosophical approach. Yeah, I disagree with second and four, second and six. A run on second and six means you're just trying. That's your best way to get the first down. I think that was the play he was referring third to. And third and third, six. third and six. Yeah, there third, was a, a third, third and, and six. Third and early six. In the game too. He, he's claiming third that a third and six run is his best chance to get a yeah. first. I'm saying that's a major red flag. Yeah. It, it may yeah. be true that yeah. that's his best way right. to get a first right. down, but that yeah. doesn't but matter. But he shows no that's order. Like he, it's almost that was my question. Is, is he? And I like Getzey. I think he's good. I think he's going to be a head coach in the league someday. I don't know how good, but I think he will be because I just I think he's good. But my question is he is he disdainful of the idea that we are so 
skeptical or, or dismissive. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure which. I'm sure it, he is. I mean, yeah. he's like three I mean, but, games into the job, yeah. and we're already all over him, so he doesn't yeah. like it from that perspective. But I would say that it's very warranted that we're all over him, Pat. Sure. I mean, they, they have thrown the stat that I saw uh, this week was that they have thrown or they have completed the fewest passes through the first three games of a season since the Patriots in 1982. Right. Like, this this is alarmingly bad. Justin Fields is last in everything. Right. And he it, is not, not only is he not getting a lot of opportunities, but he's not doing a lot with them. Completion percentage around 50%. Interception percentage, I think, is like 9%. Most guys, like, that are kind of not very good are around 4 mm-hmm. I mean, this is, there are a lot of red flags here. And we've sat through... Mm-hmm. Decades of red flags, well, so so I think I think this is warranted. But Luke gets he's a little new to this, so he might not be ready to be uh, under fire as as offensive coordinator of the Bears three games into a season. Yeah, especially for winning more games than he's lost. 1982 in the NFL in terms of an offensive conversation is like 1902. Right. Uh, in, in real life, it it is eons ago. That's back when like a 83 passer rating was good. Well, and that sort of football evolution in terms of throwing the ball forward. Never made it to Chicago. I mean, we're so, Mark Tressman had it here for a year, but you know, you know, <laughs> so much has happened since 1982. I, I think that number speaks for itself, but I think you really have to know football to appreciate how long ago that is. And I would I would argue that those numbers indicate to me. I look at those numbers. That's not the way you develop a quarterback. I don't care who you are. I, I would I would go look back at some of these guys like uh, like Josh Allen, who had similar uh, accuracy issues his first two years. Footwork, say the very same thing. Foot, well, it's footwork, accuracy, this and, and but he didn't develop nine passes at a time or eleven mm-hmm. passes at a time. And, you know, a few years ago, uh, what four years ago, the Trubisky thing was just the opposite. Mm-hmm. We we got to dial it. But at this time, I looked it up. Uh, uh, Matt Nagy was saying we got to kind of maybe not put so much on his plate. Now we're saying almost the opposite: put more on his plate. Right. So they can never seem to find you know the happy medium. But I guess my my my, my point is that I, I don't think. No matter how much Getzey believes in it, I would argue in the history of the NFL, that's not the way you develop a quarterback. Not that he can't do it. I'm just saying that's out of the ordinary. It can't be good for him. Yeah, it can't be good for him. And, Jason, you caught this today, and, and I, I, I saw it in the moment, too. At what point Luke Getzey during his press conference says, and Fields, you know, he's, he's basically a rookie. I mean, Fields has started, what are we at now, 13 games? He's played 15 games. Yeah, and he started 13. Starts. So I guess... Technically, legally, he's correct, but I could that have been a window into the way they view their second-year quarterback? Yes, and technically, legally, he's not correct because he played for the whole season. I mean, Justin Fields was here for the season. He's gone through multiple off-season OTAs, minicamps, all this. But our whole beef with the way they handled him last year was, no, he didn't, was he wasn't getting starter snaps uh, you know, in, in training camp. He didn't start until somebody got hurt. And, and then it was like pulling teeth to get him them to commit to him. He was here all last year, but he wasn't. Right, but we're through the whole, like, oh, man, the NFL, and, oh, it's Indomitian Sue coming at me, and Aaron Donald, and, like, we're through that. And now we're – what I'm looking at time-wise, Pet, is not so much that he's only so far into his career, but that they've been working on this offense with him for, what, six months, eight months? Something like that? Yeah. Like, we are well into this. We are not three weeks into this. We are months and months and months – into this, my, my my take on that uh, his that that statement was that 
there was a lot more unlearning that uh, Justin Fields had to do from the previous staff. I, th- I think that was – I think it wasn't just building on what he learned from last year. It was – to me, that's a statement that says we not only had we, – we had to kind of like tear him down before we could build him back up. Well, they and started so, with his footwork. So, so, that's, so that's why that they're, at, they're at a lower part of the process than you would normally think with a quarterback who's already been in the league for a year. But, and, Jason, you mentioned it. You know, they told us this during OTAs, changing footwork, changing timing – Changing, you know, which foot was forward when he took a shotgun pass, those are things you do, or a shotgun snap, those are things you do with a rookie. And in that regard, uh, maybe that's a valid maybe that's a valid declaration of where he is. I don't think they have time for that, Pat. I don't think they have time to treat him like a rookie right now because if he's bad this year and they end up bad, I know they're 2-1, but if they end up 5-12, and 12, they're going to have a really high draft pick. And that's the time to make the move. So you cannot be treating him like a rookie right now. He even acknowledged uh, after the Green Bay game, Justin Fields did, that the, the, the reality that this probably isn't what's best for him developmentally. He said, but that's what I got to do. I got to sure. run the plays they called. Sure. And, you know, the Bears will fall all over themselves telling you that, well, you know, some of these really good run plays, Justin checked into them and, you know, give him some credit for that. But, you know, we live in a world where he's got to, He's got to complete passes for us to consider him good at completing passes, right? It's just a confusing disconnect to me, and Mark brought this up in a way earlier, that all of the personnel moves going into this season screamed rebuild. They all screamed 2023. We're not going to start cutting into our 2023 cap space. We are looking to add draft picks. We are looking to build a team that starts running, kind of starts rolling in 2023. And now the coaching staff is playing, let's – Let's nip and tuck and run as much as possible to try to squeeze out some 13-12 wins at the expense of potentially getting this quarterback ready to be a real quarterback in 2023. But, but they also might have a different big-picture view than kind of we see it or we see them as having it in that, yeah, they can treat him like a rookie this year if they don't have the same urgency that like you might have as far as making a decision on fields. Maybe they're, maybe this is a two-year project for them. I'm not saying it'll be like it, but if they're looking at it as this is a two-year project in 2020, in 2023, whatever wherever he is, we'll get him his weapons or we'll, you know, we'll get him his support, uh, then in that respect, they can treat him like a rookie because they're on a different time frame than, than we see see them as or we might yeah and I, I still I get back to this though if if they're drafting in the top five and Ryan Poles has a chance to get his quarterback or, or to well, make his imprint like Justin Fields needs to give him active reasons not to and you know right. and he maybe wants, their timeline yeah, is yes. long but you know that draft choice right in the middle of the timeline uh, could change everything if you have a top five pick you, you, it's that's a that's well put Pat. if you if you have a top five pick in the draft you, you justin fields goal is to make them look for jo, their jamar chase instead of their joe burrow and and that's and that's going to be an interesting thing because that's what we said with the trubisky pick you only get it you only get that top three pick every so often the bears get it maybe a little more but they have but in general that that was the rationale for take that's why you take a quarterback because you know theoretically you're not you're only going to be there once right once in a while so there will be uh, I guess that's an interesting that'll be uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves of course it's week four but that'll be an interesting situation when they you know can can is fields good enough for them to look for support for him instead of another quarterback before we get to our Giants picks I want to talk briefly about the Bears defense I think it's easy to uh, forget about them sometimes particularly when the offense is <laughs> such a mess uh, but you know Potsy you wrote about this in the Sun Times the Bears have yet to give up a touchdown in the second half uh, that's a good sign uh, among a couple other ones that we've seen that leads at least leads me to think that they can hang around. I mean, the offense needs to be 
above prehistoric, but the defense can hang around. You know, we, we go back, it's the same thing again. It's it, it, At the beginning, this looked like, like I think Jason was referring to, an, an entire rebuild, and I think the best thing about it, I said, was you don't have a defense that's ready to win the Super Bowl and a quarterback who's just learning like they had in 2018. You have both sides of the ball were on equal ground, and now we're seeing this thing develop where you see the stages. Like, he, you know, the first week, uh, he, he's going to get better. The second week, he's got to get better. The third week, it's his footwork. Yeah. The fourth week, it's, well, there's a big disparity. Is, is, your, is your defense causing a fracture with the team because yeah. it's so good, so much better that, you know, the, the next thing you know, you're going to be, uh, pretty soon we're going to be asking, uh, you know, uh, does Trevor Simeon give this team a better chance to win? <laughs> you know, that's stage seven right. of, 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 of something we've seen many, many times. And it's just, uh, it's, like I said, disconcerting to see this, this thing develop like that. Pat, this is like he's reciting like Bears poetry. Right. Like these are all the old Bears fairy tales we that go. everyone's heard. I, I, I guess my point was I keep seeing the same cycle. I, I, right. I, I see right. evidence of the same cycle, and I want to believe this is going to be different. This is going to be different. And you look like a curmudgeon, you know, you know, the, 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 the jaded uh, reporter or whatever, uh, uh, when, when you kind of suggest things might not be going Negative the right Nelly. way. Negative Nelly. But, Was that but, what the Matt Nagy called? Negative Nelly? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you're you know, always right. But so far, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, eight for eight. So, <laughs> Jason, uh, Saquon Barkley is the Giants' best player. Uh, the Bears talked a lot about him uh, on Thursday, including – uh, defensive coordinator Alan Williams, who wanted to use the phrase, what was it, a, a, a thickian? What's thickian? Thickian. Thickian, which is, is that a noun? Yeah, it's what okay. he called. Uh, He's a thickian. It's what he called okay. AJ Dillon um, yeah. because he has really big thighs. Thick thighs. Thick thighs. And yeah. is that's that, the title of this episode. Saquon Barkley's maybe. I mean, when healthy, he's the best player on either on either side of the field, right? Yeah, and they got uh, the Bears got run on pretty well against Green Bay. Right. I mean, that that is definitely a concern for them. If we talk to Roquan today, that's how I'll present it. Uh, that uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley is the best player in the field, huh? <laughs> Am I right? No, I got a feeling. No, he's the first person I thought of who would uh, disagree with that. Thickest, thickest thighs on the field. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Patsy. Tell me about Roquan. Uh, you posited today that that maybe uh, the game against the Texans could be the I don't want to say turning point, but at least an instance in which. Uh, he goes from being a little underwhelming to yeah. To Is it a launching pad? Yeah. Uh, you know, for for him, and and I think I think he suggested that. I think the Bears think so, and it makes sense that uh, after those, you know, after not being in in training camp or missing all the entire preseason, basically, you know, just not really doing a whole lot. And I guess he kind of referred to that he actually had some kind of injury. Uh, didn't say what it was, but anyway, after the slow start, you know, he still put up numbers. I think he had double-digit tackles in the first two games, but you could just by the eye test could see it wasn't the same guy. You couldn't this, feel it. This couldn't was not a guy that uh, that that uh, you you you're going to give a hundred million dollar contract to. Uh, on Sunday, it was different. He, even the plays take out his three best plays, the two uh, TFLs and, and the interception. He was still an impact player, ma- making big plays on third downs and getting him off the field or forcing a field goal, things like that. Uh, much different, and I guess so. He, he seemed to think that, okay, now I'm ready to go. And, 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 and it all makes sense that, you know, he's not a guy you're hoping will be good. You know he's good. So this that's what uh, – it'll be interesting to see this game, will the, especially against a guy like Saquon Barkley. You know, can he step up and, and be, play at that level again? I would I would think so. He's, he's that good. And, uh, and um, you know, as he gets into this defense more, uh, I think he'll be – he should be. Theoretically, he should be even more productive, more effective. Yeah, you'd hope so, and you know, and this was him after missing a full week with an injury too. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
which is noteworthy. Um, speaking of injuries, Jalen Johnson, as we sit here today, uh, still out uh, with one. Uh, the Bears may say that they were thrilled with how their defensive backfield responded, but two of the three guys there, I think, gave up a passer rating of over 100. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Uh, but, you know, the good news if you're a Bears fan is that I don't think you're too worried about Daniel Jones and a cast of receivers that doesn't include Sterling Shepard doing anything to you. What a fun game, Pat. <laughs> what an exciting game. A bunch of receivers uh, that can't do much against a bunch of corners that may or may not be able to handle them. Like, wow. <laughs> it's the uh, Get ready for Bears-Giants, everybody. It's the resistible force against the movable mm-hmm. object. Get ready for, like, uh, well, we just had a game that was 11-10 to 10 on Sunday Night Football, didn't we? Maybe this one would be, like, 10-9 to 9 or 12-11. I'd... I'm going to transition effortlessly from that, Jason, into our picks and our score predictions. Uh, it is a clean split among the six Sun Times. Who has the most exciting game? What do you mean? Well, who's picking like this to actually be interesting? Well, what excites you? Touchdowns or like? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Simple yes. Rick Tellender, 27-22. Ooh, barn burner. Yeah. And uh, the least exciting, if you're curious, uh, uh, me, 15-12. 15-12, okay. Uh, we're split in half. Uh, Potsy, you and the two Ricks have the New York football Giants. Your score is 17-16. Explain yourself. Ugh. Well, uh, I have to say, you know, you always hate when you hedge on these things, but I kind of got... <laughs> that's all you ever that's do. That's all you ever but do. that's all I do. I got boxed in. They don't let you do that in yeah. Vegas, man. Yeah, yeah I know. I go, <laughs> go to the window and say, hey, I kind of really wanted to bet the Bears. You know? <laughs> Can you pay this off? <laughs> no, um, I kind of got boxed in because when I... And I never know how to handle this because when I do first and ten, one of the the last the last bit is... The last item is always the barometer, which is the, the, the season as I see it progressing. And I had this as a loss. Um, but I have to say, you know, things change. And sometimes, you know, dur- you know during the week, they, they, I guess there were no really significant injuries. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me if the, Bears, if the Bears win. This would not be one, you know, this, is, this, this, this could end up being in, uh, one of their more winnable games, right? Sure. I mean, this, this is um, – so anyway, I picked 17-16 because uh, for, no, for no real reason other than the Bears, if they uh, – whenever you think they're going to win, they lose – and, uh, and often it happens at the Meadowlands. And Jason, you and I both have the Chicago Bears, believe it or not, by fairly equal scores. What are you, 16-13 and I'm 15-12? Yeah, it'll be an ugly game. Probably a lot of field goals. Uh, be interesting to see how windy it is there because that's probably going to be a big factor. But uh, the, Bears, the Bears should feel pretty good about where Cairo Santos is right now, and if you needed him to kick a bunch, I... I expect Cairo Santos to make it pretty much every time he steps up. Is this going to be one of those games where even if they can find a way to win to go 3-1, and one, we're a lot more concerned with style points and, and how they look doing it? Yeah, but this is the thing, and um, I think Mark kind of alluded to this earlier, like Matt Nagy had a 5-1 and one start. Matt Nagy had uh, in these last three years, I believe Matt Nagy had a pretty good start to every season. Matt Nagy and Trubisky or Dalton or whoever was the quarterback, I think it was like 3-1, and 5-1, and 3-2, and two, things like that. We're, what style points means when we say that, any of us, we're not uh, dumping on them for winning a game. Right. We're trying to look at where this is headed. Right. We're trying to tell you, is this real? Is this the start of a trajectory that's going to take you anywhere? And that's why 2-1 and one right now doesn't feel real promising with the Bears. Well, I don't think 2-1 and one feels like 2-1. and one. I mean, the locker room the other night was not particularly ebullient was it Potsy? No, they, I think it was uh, I think they know what 
I think they know. Well, they know it's early, so I mean, they're they're you're not gonna you know they they're conditioned to not get ahead of themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, one of these teams for the mo- for almost no almost certainly is going to be three and one, and not a real convincing three and one because this is going to be one of those games where you know it's like the last game where you say, well, these you, nothing against them, but you know these are two not very good teams. You can tell yeah, that. Yeah, you know? the Bears beat and the Forty Niners with yeah. Trey Lance in the rain, and they beat. The and Texans. I feel like this game is going to be the, on both sides. You have, know, have we stopped to consider a tie? Well, I was trying to consider. I, that's why you can't say that it certainly will be. And we almost, I thought we were going to have a tie. Last week, <laughs> it just looked like what. But again, that's kind of because the way you see oh, these two these two teams seem like they deserve each other, and it's interesting. You know the you know the, the the Giants have a new coach in Brian Dable who could have been the Bears coach, and it'll be in a way you could kind of uh, uh, present this as as a little bit of a litmus test of of, of where each team is uh, based on that, and and, and the GM and Joe and Joe Shane who he could have been here as well, right? right? I mean, uh, uh, so. Um, uh, you know, it could you know um, it could be a test of that as well, but um, but I, you know I guess I'm not going in thinking I'm going to see a breakthrough for either team, uh, frankly, because I I think the Bears I think their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. I can't see them well I can't see them getting blown out, but I just think they're going to be in a lot of games. Jason, uh, we got about two minutes before we get out, but feel obligated to say this name because we haven't said it yet. Khalil Herbert. Oh yeah, him. <laughs> um, Khalil Herbert has been very good for them every time he's gotten a chance. He was really good for them, Pat, last season as a rookie. David Montgomery had a knee injury early in the year, and I think we went four games where Khalil Herbert was the running back for the Bears and was like around 90 yards a game, around four, four and a half yards per carry, very uh, very productive, and then just disappeared after that. Once David Montgomery came back, there was no more splitting carries. In fact, the percentage of running back carries for Khalil Herbert actually went down after David Montgomery uh, came back. Compared so to he, before he got hurt. Yes. Right. He did not, Khalil Herbert did not earn more of a share of right. the carries uh, among the running backs with his good four weeks. It's a little different here where I think they went into the season wanting to use both guys. If David Montgomery is out Sunday and out for a while, they haven't put him on IR, so there's a chance he, you know, maybe he's back soon or... Or maybe IR is coming on Saturday. I don't, I don't think know. I don't think it's going to be Sunday. Probably not. Right. But for whatever amount of time he's out, this isn't um, this isn't the kind of uh, this isn't the kind of loss that it would be at a lot of other positions where you don't have another guy. They always say next man up. The next man up is usually not very good. Right. That's not the case here. These were two guys that they were kind of planning on going with and planning on maybe not splitting carries evenly, but splitting giving Khalil Herbert a very good healthy share of the carries. Yeah, if they could have, in a weird way, if they could afford to lose a starter at any position, running back might have been it. Even though David Montgomery is probably one of their better players. Yep, yes. absolutely. So uh, we will uh, see whether Montgomery goes on Sunday. The bet is that he won't, and if so, Khalil Herbert will have another chance uh, to try and top his career day from last week. Uh, we will be at the MetLife Stadium press box, which is just luxuriously big. Jason, they built it for a Super Bowl. It's awesome. They all are compared to Soldier Field. <laughs> Maybe... 20 times the square footage of Soldier Field, maybe 30 times. Anyway, we will be uh, back at you on Sunday night from the press box to uh, analyze what went down. In the interim, uh, please uh, read Jason, Mark, and myself. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Pick up a Sun-Times if you live in town, and if not, go check out the Sun-Times website. And if you do uh, listen to this in Apple, please like, rate, and review the podcast. He is Jason Leisure. He's Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again real soon. Thank you.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.